There's so much. I think lately I've just been really struggling to, to kind of take everything I'm feeling and everything God's speaking to me and what I'm feeling in the Word and try and put it into a 30, 40 minute sermon. It's, it, it's so difficult. Um, and that doesn't mean that I know much. It just means I'm, I'm just so overwhelmed by what He's speaking. My ears are open. I'm listening to what He's saying. Um, and so I want to start off with, with this kind of flowing out of what I did in the offering, is that a lot of time what we're doing as Christians, and especially in the world right now, is we're living from our experience and not from the Word. So we form our own little doctrines, we form our own little words, and, and I listen sometimes when people speak, and I'm, and I'm hearing things that sound like the Word, but it's not the Word. It sounds like it. it. It's very close, but it's not in the Word. So when we talk about certain things, even in the finances or the gospel or in any of these things we're touching on, there is something called the truth. It's in the Bible, this book. And this book, this Bible, this one that you hold in your hand, has the truth in it. But somewhere in the process of all this is we have stopped reading the Word, the world. I'm talking worldwide. Christians have become a place where the Word is something we pop on. We know a few scriptures. We read our Bible app. gives us one scripture. We know we read that one scripture. We do the one thing. But we've stopped reading. And I just want to just, for, just for interest sake, it takes you 70 hours. Statistically, if you just read every single day a chapter, and you, you can read the entire Bible in 70 hours. The entire Bible from top to bottom. See, we've made it as this book that is difficult to understand or you need somebody. When you just read it and read it and read it, you know what? You don't even need somebody to preach to you. I'm not saying I'm taking, I'm taking my job away. I'm not taking away the power of what Ephesians, Ephesians says that this, uh, our position is there to equip you for your ministry. Yes, you, the Bible is preached. But there is, when God leaves, He says, it's to your advantage that I go because I give you the Holy Spirit. And when you allow the Holy Spirit to teach you and you just read the Word, starting for as a New Testament believer, starting in the New Testament, read through the New Testament. And once you've read through it, then read through it again and again and again. And then you go to the Old Testament and then you'll find, as I was speaking to somebody this week, they were reading through Exodus and they say, all I can see in Exodus is Jesus. You see, when you have the perspective of what it's about, it's very easy to find him everywhere. <laughs> it's very easy to find him even in the law. Because the Bible is Jesus. It's the cross. It's the cross from the beginning till the end. And I'm going to try just through a quick little bit of what I'm sharing this morning to give you a perspective of salvation and the cross. Because if the cross is the center of everything we do, Jesus, I touched on a little bit last week, if Jesus is the center, the cross is the view, then everything makes sense. Then it comes into perspective. But we've got to understand there is an old world and there's a new world. The old world before the cross was man who had an experience with God, maybe through a priest or certain individuals, but never an indwelling spirit. It's not the same world. 
even worship when Jesus comes in John chapter 4 when he explains to the woman at the well what worship is. For the first time, he uses the word proskuneo, which means to move towards God with the intention to kiss. Face-to-face worship. The old worship was face down. Reverence and awe in the present, not even one ability. Fall down, take off your shoes, you're not worthy, you cannot come in. A lamb must be slain before you can enter. If you have any bit of unclean, we don't, and that's where again where I want to get to this morning, is that if we understand what the cross did, our love would be different. Let me, let me quickly, John, because I don't want to miss the scripture. Go with me quickly to Luke chapter 7. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Come on. Why do we chant? Why do we shout? Because we're excited about the word. Never let it be a tradition, guys. Never let it just be a nice little thing we do. When we say we're going to read, we get excited about the word of God. John chap- uh, Luke chapter 7. It's the woman who, it's the story of Mary and going through this process. Is in, let's read from verse, verse 44. And he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered this house, and you gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair on her head. Do you hear what Jesus is talking about here? Is I entered here, you, be, you were so familiar with me. You're so familiar with me that you didn't even offer me something to wash my feet with. It's like, it's Jesus. I know Jesus. Like, come on, Jesus. We know you. You didn't even offer something for wash my feet. This woman washed, she was so close to my feet that she washed it with her tears and dried it with her hair. She's so in reverence, so in awe, so in what? And he's, now he's going to tell you because if we just stick with that, we'll feel condemned. If we just stick with this scripture, we'll feel like I've not done enough for God. I should be doing more. Uh, I don't, I'm not worthy. But listen to what he says here. Um, verse 46. You did not anoint my head with oil, for this woman has anointed my feet with the fragrant oil. Like you, you didn't even just come and give me a little oil for, you didn't even bring me off to shave some perfume. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't do anything anointing. She came and she anointed my feet. Verse 47, therefore I say to you, her sins which are many are forgiven. For, she, for the, she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. So why does she love so much? Because her sins were many. And as I was thinking about this scripture, and about many of us, is that in our own eyes, we don't think we're that bad. You know, Sean, I, I, I never did the stuff that you talk about you did. Like, I, I never smoked before. I've never touched alcohol before. You know, I'm, I'm basically almost a saint. When I was birthed, my wings flapped. The halo just slipped. I, was like, I picked it up. I've never done something wrong. I don't talk back. I don't, you know, like my sin is little. You know, I'm basically good. You see, and when, we, when we think like that, the love for the cross and what he did is very little because in our own eyes, we're that good. 
We're, we're okay. We're not as bad as that guy on the street. We're not as bad as that person who came out here and shared about the, a life of prostitution or drug addiction or any of these things or being a Satanist. I wasn't that bad. You know, I, kinda, I went to Sunday school. I, 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 I did all these things and, and then I gave my life to Jesus. I, I don't have much of a testimony. You know why people use that? Because they don't understand the cross. Let's go to the Old Testament. The Old Testament is if you did the smallest little bit of evil, you died. <laughs> no, no, no. You died. You didn't just like buy. buy. They talked back. They, they were arrogant to Moses. And God opened the earth and swallowed them whole. Tell you, tell your kids that story. <laughs> you understand what, what holiness to the heights of what God sees. And how short do we fall? Romans says, all men have fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fallen short. All of us. We are not worthy. Even if we're at our best, we're not worthy. We cannot have the indwelling Holy Spirit without the cross. You cannot see, believe, feel, experience God at any place without the cross. I do not have eternal life without the cross. When man died before the cross, they went to a place, wasn't heaven, awaiting heaven. That's why when uh, uh, the story of Lazarus, he is there with Abraham. He's not with God because there was no full repentance unto. When Jesus died, it says, Scripture, that he went and preached the gospel unto the dead. So without the cross, there was no entrance to eternal life. Even the best of the best of those who were before could not step in. There was no cross. They were in the waiting room. Without the cross, there's no life. Without the cross, there's no peace. Without the cross, there is nothing. That's why when Jesus steps in, he says, remember now, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the door. I am the shepherd. I am the bread of life. He who eats of me shall never hunger again. He who comes to me shall never thirst again. It's the point. The problem is, is a lot of us have forgotten what we're saving. We don't know what we're saved from. You know, when you, when you go to places across the world where they don't know Jesus, where there's nothing there or where there's you get a bit of a perspective of the understanding that you were saved from, but you didn't know there was a God. There was, you were caught up in idol worship. You, you believe that if you did well, that maybe you'll be reincarnated and you won't, you won't wake up one day as a frog. You'll be upgraded, not downgraded by your sin. Next, next week, next time you come around, you're a dog. It's a putter. <laughs> And you realize the ridiculousness of what it is to not serve God. That you worship a cow. Some South Africans do too. They can't wait for that braai. 
It is above God. It's above church. A bride is the best thing in the world. And I think sometimes we worship the cow more than we worship the one who has provided the cow. We're not far off from that too. <laughs> we worship the rappy ball <laughs> more than we worship the one who gave me legs to run. See, there's a perspective that needs to shift, and we need to understand what the cross did. And every prophet prophesied until. Jesus said in Matthew, I came to fulfill the law and the prophets. So every prophet before Jesus was prophesying about what was about to come. Their perspective, listen, Nobody knew about what we kind of get involved with today when we talk about the end of the world. So when we read the Old Testament, don't read it through your perspective of Hollywood. So when we read it, we're thinking they're talking about the end of the world. They're not talking about the end of the world. They're talking about a world that would end in their time. What was that world? A world without a Messiah. The law, sin offerings, idolatry, all the things that were there that would be dealt with as Daniel prophesied in Daniel chapter 9. So all these prophets are talking about one thing. A Messiah is coming. A Messiah is coming. The world will end. There's a new day coming. There's a new world coming. There's a new perspective coming. At the end of it all, the Lord's day, they're prophesying and prophesying and prophesying hundreds of years before Jesus comes. It's so powerful that when Jesus steps in, there were those who were waiting for him. They knew the prophetic word. They knew Jesus was coming. David wrote about the Messiah being crucified on a tree, dying on a tree. That's way before crucifixions were ever invented as a form of torture. What's he writing about? Salvation. 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 Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. The cross is there. You know when Paul gets saved, Paul says, I knew everything. I was the best of the law. I was perfect in every way of what I could do. But all of that is rubbish compared to knowing Christ. The cross is so significant to Paul that everything he knew is subject to, to that, is subsequent. It is below par. It is not worthy of knowing Jesus as crucified. So when he meets every church, he says, get a perspective of the cross. Understand what Jesus did. Jesus makes sure that we understand. That's why he gave the communion. And he says, do it as often as you can. Why? Understand the cross. Understand the cross. Understand the cross. Oh, oh. I was listening to T.D. Jakes. He said, the problem we have is we think that the emblem of our, of our faith is a crown. The emblem of our faith is a cross. It's sacrifice. It's dying. You see, the problem what we're having is that we're all waiting for a crown when we're supposed to go to a cross. He says, I was crucified in Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives. See, what has happened is that this woman came to Jesus, anointed his feet with oil, and Jesus says the statement, he says, she loves much because she has been forgiven much. 
in our eyes, we don't think we're that bad. You know, I'm, I'm not that bad. I, I don't really have bad thoughts. I'm, I love, I'm very friendly with everybody. I, here and there, I have a little sin. I, I have a little moment when, I, when the taxi cuts me off, when the electricity goes off just at the time that I want to blow dry my hair. Not me, but some of the ladies out there. It just, it just goes off at that moment, it, the, the thing that happens at that moment. You know, I'm not that bad. You know, we understand the one thing is without the cross, I have no entrance with the Father. Without the cross, I don't have peace. It is the moment everything changed. It is the perspective of the Father that said, this old world will pass away completely. There is a new world right now. And that world means that God lives within you, that God speaks to you, that His Holy Spirit is with you, that peace flows, that our signs, wonders, and miracles will flow through you, that there is nothing that can separate you from the Father. See, we, we preach grace in the understanding of what grace is, that you don't have to earn it. You don't. Salvation is free. There's nothing that you can do that can get you saved. It's given to you. But kingdom costs you everything. Oh, let that one sink in for a moment. My salvation is free. I, all I need to say is, Jesus, I want you. And in that moment, I'm born again. In that moment, everything's changed. In that moment, life breaks through. But then Romans 12 comes. It says, you are changed by the renewing of your mind. Renewed mindset comes through a belief of a focus, walking by faith and putting it on God. Then my mind is renewed and I walk differently than what I did before. That costs you something. To worship God when you don't feel like it costs you something. To be obedient costs you something. Come on. To be faithful costs you something. It means that I look away from all that distract and put it to Jesus. My salvation is free. But my victory costs me something. For I walk by faith and not by sight. Choice. You have a choice. You don't have to. You don't have to walk by faith. God loves you. But what is the benefit of it when you do walk by faith? Obedience releases victory. Obedience pr produces peace. For the God of peace will what? Crush Satan under my feet. But if I understand what the cross is, then the devil loses his grip on me. Because as long as I think I'm my own savior, I can never rely on the one that saved me. I mean, let me go do this quickly. Go with me to Revelation 21. Revelation 21. Man, I cannot wait to start teaching on Revelation. I know it's going to set people free. I know it's going to help you. Let's read your first, first one. It says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Um, also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So what did John see? 
He saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. And I heard a loud voice of the heaven and heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. Okay, just a quick stop here. The tabernacle of God. What does the Bible say your body is? Ah, 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 ah. Sure. Well, I'm just I'm using some extra spiritual words here. If it is only one day, then what is God doing inside of you? If this is one day when He says God is tabernacling with you, huh, He's already tabernacling with me. There's no such word, but I'm using it now. He's already with me. I am the temple of God. What is the Bible say? I saw the new city, the holy city of God coming down as a bride. Are you the bride? Where's the city, according to Jesus? In me, on a hill. What is it? The light of the world. Where's the city? I'm the city. Where's the city? On a hill. What's the city doing? Light shining out of it. A new city. You see, but Sean, that scripture says there's a new heaven and a new earth, and the sea has passed away. Hmm. That's an interesting statement. We're all waiting for a new heaven and a new earth, right? That's what we've been taught. Let me explain. Old Testament. There was a heaven and there was an earth. Old Testament. How did that happen? What was in that heaven and earth? God was separate from man. God sat in heaven and man sat on earth. God did not stay in man and man was not in God. John 17. Whoa, you've got to just for a moment, just do this. Say, I'm, I'm awake. I need to hear this. I'll say, we've got some people who are moving. When the cross came, heaven changed and earth. Oh, you've got to get this. When the cross came, we have to understand the power of what God did. God, there was a new heaven and a new earth. Because now God lives in the earth and man is seated in heavenly places. Before the cross, there was no heaven and earth like that. When did it come? At the cross. Because at the cross, there became a new heaven. Man stepped into heaven in God. Oh. And God stepped into earth in man. And man, he said, go and wait. Because I will send my spirit to you. And you will receive power. And heaven and earth changed forever. He said, John is in the spirit. And suddenly he sees a bride coming down. He sees you 2,000 years later. He sees you infilled with the spirit. He sees man in heaven. And he said, but Sean, what about the sea? Let me explain it to you quickly. The Bible needs to interpret the Bible by itself. What is the sea? It's not talking about the sea out there. You know what happens in the sea? Solomon built a temple. You all heard about that, right? David's son. In the midst of the temple, right in the entrance, as you come into the holy place, he built a big basin. And underneath that basin, he put ox, golden ox, six of them. If I remember correctly, six oxen underneath this basin. And this basin was called the sea. It was filled with water, and all purification went through this. 
Nowhere in the Bible does God tell Solomon to build that. Nowhere. That's what I'm saying. We've got to let the Bible speak to the Bible. That sea was purification on top of oxen. What did they build in Egypt coming out? A golden calf. What does Solomon do? In the midst of a temple, he builds a basin of purification on calves. Golden calves. So what has happened here is John sees that the purification made by man is now taken away. The purification that you think you can purify yourself based on man's perspective. God says that is gone forever. Now it is based on the cross. Now you have entrance, not based on your purification, but my purification. Not based on your good deeds, but my good deeds. Not based on, because our understanding of sin is based on what I think. I'm good. You're good only because of him. It's not me. Not on your best day can you deserve what God gives you. Not on your best day, not on your most tithing, most prayerful, most fasting, most dream interpretation, most anything can you ever, ever enter in. You're disqualified based on Him. I can close my eyes at any place, at any time, and go, Jesus. And he's there. That I have entrance into heaven. That I can sit at the Father's feet. That I know the heart of God. That I can hear the Holy Spirit speak. That I can feel him, worship him, have access to him anytime, at any place. That I can be at my worst, feeling that I'm so far away. But he's right next to me because he has made a promise. I will never leave you and never forsake you. That's the cross. Says now I have boldness to enter. Man, there are many times I don't feel that bold. I don't feel that good. I don't, I don't feel like, Lord, look at my circumstances. Just come closer. Come in. Know where you're at. Know what I'm doing. Come here. Lord, look at my sinful. No, I see Jesus. You can come in. You can talk to me. Right now, the biggest problem in the world is the mental state of people. The entire world is at a place that it's shot through the roof. People are more depressed. People are more anxious. More people with mental diseases than ever before in our history. It's through the roof. Depression is higher than ever. Suicide is higher than ever. More males are killing themselves than any other time in history. More children, more young people. Children committing suicide. Children who just heard of a 12-year-old boy who hanged himself. 12 years old. Because he's caught up in depression. Because he doesn't know who to talk to. He has no interest. He, he doesn't know how to deal with what he's feeling inside of him. And we have people sitting around us every single day walking with us. They look happy. They look okay. But they're dying inside. They need the cross. 
They need to have that understanding of Jesus. And what has happened to the church is we've become so satisfied in our state of who we are. I'm good, I'm okay, and me and my family, and we're going to heaven. And the rest of the world, it's okay with them. I don't know them, so what? See, our view is still ourself. Still, I'm okay. I'm good, I'm, I'm all right. But if I understand the cross, I don't deserve anything. I don't, yes, he loves me and I have value. I'm not taking away from that. I understand that fully of the cross because the price determines the value of the article. And the price he paid for you is priceless. God gave his son for you. You are valuable. I understand that. You mean something. He loves you. But I did not deserve it from my point of view. We myself included, we get these moments, and, and two more things and I'm done, is that when we don't see God show up on something, we get arrogant and upset with Him because He doesn't do it the way we want it. When I'm sitting in the same spot I sat a year ago and I didn't see God show up on it, I get upset. I throw my toys out the cot, I, I, and I lose focus of that I didn't deserve it in any case. I didn't, I didn't, I deserve nothing. You deserve nothing. It is but the cross and what the price he paid that I can now, by that, be able to know his love. And when I have the view of the cross, everything else falls away. It doesn't matter if whatever my natural understanding. It doesn't matter what I have or don't have. It matters that I know Jesus. It matters that the cross is there. It matters that I can access his peace and I can access his love because of what he's done. She loves much because she's been forgiven much. Would you just close your eyes for a moment with me? I know in this place there are people here who are struggling with depression. You're struggling with depression. You're struggling with it. It is, it is gripping your heart. It's gripping your life. I know there are some of you who feel so far from God. You serve Him. You're coming. You, you're here at church. You're doing, but you feel separated. You sit Sunday after Sunday. You just don't know where this at. You, Lord, show me you. Show me your love. Show me. This morning, I want you to put your eyes back on the cross. God, Loves you so much. The price he paid for you is immeasurable. It's impossible to even have one glimpse of what that is. And this morning, all he's asking, all he's saying to you is, come to me. Allow me to 
love on you. Allow me to speak to you. Allow me. I love you. Father, I pray that this will bring life to every heart. I know you understand, Lord. Man might not, but you do. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, right now. I thank you, Lord, right now. That that depression breaks. That fear and anxiety breaks. That separation breaks today. Your fear for tomorrow breaks today. For I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. That breaks over you today. That anxiety that grips your heart, that just you don't feel like you can breathe. God is with you. God is with you. It's, it's not what you're feeling, it's who He is. He's with you. I thank you for that, Lord, today. Holy Spirit, speak. And I pray today, Lord, that we will see the cross like never before. We will seek you and find you in that. For who we are today. Not where, what we're going to be, but who we are today. I thank you for that, Lord. I bless every person in this place. In Jesus' name. Amen.